We are all unique, and how each of us moves through life by working with the unseen, spiritual parts of us looks different. If one way you access support is through books, and you haven't tried the Soulquake Survival Guide yet, today's a great day to try it before you buy it. Head to the show notes where I have a link for you to receive a free PDF of the first chapter. Enjoy the first chapter, and if you love it, you can find it on Amazon Worldwide in paperback, audio, and ebook. Your journey matters, my friend, and reviving your connection to spirit in earth-shaking times can be a game changer. Welcome to Enthusiastically Spiritual. I'm your host, Teresa Schantz. I am an enthusiastic soul passionate about the spiritual part of life. Spirituality today is like an indulgent dessert buffet filled to the brim with unique offerings and services from amazing souls around the world. Join me in chowing down on some mini morsel bites to satisfy your spiritual sweet tooth starting now. Transformation, being an alchemist in your life, your hero's journey. No one knows what your unique journey is, but there are people along our paths that can guide us in our direction and assist us along the way. My guest today, my guest today is Zofia Morales. Zofia is also called Sensible Mystic. She's a transformational alchemist and teacher who guides clients to find the gold within their most painful life transitions, helping people from all backgrounds notice how to life wraps the best gifts in sometimes the shittiest wrapping paper. (laughs) She's an award-winning global strategist and former biophysicist. She has it. She had it all, a high-powered career, loving husband, gorgeous property, adventure, good friends, you name it. She was living the dream until her fast-paced life screeched to a halt and left her in pieces. Brought to the edge of death by undiagnosed chronic Lyme disease and was bankrupt in every area of her life. Desperate for a miracle, she cried her most heartfelt prayer, I will do anything to get better. This single prayer triggered an unanticipated kundalini awakening, a spiritual activation that unlocked her gifts as an intuitive healer and mystic, which completely changed her life. Wow. Welcome, Sophia. Yes, it's good to be here. (laughs) I bet, girl, after all that, ma'am, what kind of a wellness journey have you been on? Oh, my goodness. I've been there, done like all of it from conventional (laughs) doctors to acupuncture to you name it. I've I've been there and tried it. And so your awakening, obviously, it took you to a whole new place where now you're assisting people in their awakenings and their journeys, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's, it can be really, what do I want to call it, disconcerting when you've been a really rational-minded muggle, two plus two equals four, show me the proof kind of person. And all of a sudden, all these gifts turn on. Those unseen and, parts of us where it's like, what do we do with all of this? Yeah, exactly. It's like all of a sudden I'm knowing things about people in the grocery store or I'm speaking in languages I've never learned before or I'm seeing things about the future and you start to wonder if you're not kind of losing it. Mm-hmm. So were you always spiritual or is this something I just literally that, I mean, I know about Kundalini Awakening. So were you always spiritual or did this just kind of go pop and here you are? 
Well, it was a little bit of both because mm-hmm. when I was a child, I was um, very dialed in intuitively mm-hmm. and I was having prescient dreams and this kind of thing. But in the household I was raised in, that was unacceptable. All of these things are of the devil, quotes, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, prophets and healers and that kind of thing. That's all Old Testament stuff. None of that stuff happens anymore. That was what my household believed. And so it was not safe for me. Mm-hmm. And I was about eight or nine years old, and I decided I needed to shut it down. And I shut down almost everything. With the exception of, I'm a claircognizant, so my knowing. The knowing was still safe because I could kind of explain it away most of the time. Mm-hmm. I have a really good memory. I, I'm a voracious reader. And so if anyone ever questions how I knew, you know, fill in the blank, it's like, well, I must have read it somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so it wasn't until I was in my late teens that I started to turn that off also. Mm-hmm which was, I think, a request from my soul, because at that time, I saw the hand of God in everything. Mm -hmm. And I can remember one day, I I had been exposed to the concept of atheists and, you know, hopelessness and, and that. And it seemed to me that it didn't make sense to me, because I could so clearly see the hand of God moving things around and putting me where I needed to be and, and making things come together that how could you not, I, how could you not know that there is this divine loving presence that's out here working for our good and that everything that's showing it in your life is for your benefit as much as might suck in the moment, it is ultimately for your benefit. And So I can remember, and there's a certain feeling to these requests of the divine. And I remember going, I really don't understand, and I would like to understand. And all of the rest of my gifts started to shut off at that point, Mm -hmm. to the point that by the time I got to my awakening, I had a full understanding of... (laughs) (laughs) not being able to see the divine hand and that kind of thing. Right, right. And then um, the spirit's like, hello, it's time to bring those back out. Yeah, it's time for your wake-up call. Let's get the spiritual (laughs) two-by-four. Right, right. Or like, here's your gift, open it up, and you got them all. (laughs) It's like, oh my goodness, (laughs) now what do I do? Right, so so how long ago was that that you had that awakening? Uh, let's see, what year are we in? We're in 2022. So doing a little math on my fingers, uh, it's been about eight years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. since that time and now, how has it been to have a, to, you know, really be like soul led in what you're doing? It's awkward at times. <laughs> Because you walk with a foot in both worlds. Uh, Just because my gifts have turned on and I've awakened, I have realized that I had my priorities all backwards, does not mean that my critical thinking, scientifically trained, logical, rational mind goes to sleep or sits down and is very quiet. (laughs) Right, right. Mm -hmm. And so that's always... understanding how to kind of keep those in balance, right? 
Yeah, it's always an interesting tension between the intuitive and then the monkey brain that's going to go, are you freaking kidding me already? (laughs) (laughs) Without a doubt. So do you have some practical tools that you use for yourself to keep the intuition alive and kicking in the midst of moving through life and the chaos that's going on? Oh, and that's always the challenge, right? It's easy when life is quiet and the waters are calm and you can get up in the morning and, uh, okay, I'm going to have my meditation. I'm going to ask what is the most important thing I can do today. I'm going to do these foundational spiritual care things that we do for ourselves. Uh, But it's harder when you're in the middle of, you know, pneumonia and parents who've fallen downstairs and... (laughs) And that kind of thing, it becomes a whole lot more challenging. So the the first tool that I give myself is some grace. Because we are still human. We are still in the world of duality. And if I have not done my morning routine for three days or three months or whatever it is, the first thing is to give myself love and grace and appreciation for the reasons why I made those choices. Because I am here to serve. And part of that service is caring for my aging parents who are needing more and more and more of that recently. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. So the the first thing I I do is I um I give myself a pass on the mental beating. <laughs> <laughs> and remember that we are human too, right? Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I do that helps me when I'm in these modes of like go 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 get all the things done so you can be on the plane and and be where you need to be. Um I s- spent a fair amount of time with my ego. Right. And ultimately, there's this objective to subsume the ego. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's a a much longer process. And you don't have to wait for your ego to go away to have some peace with your ego. And so several years back, I got to know it. I gave it its own name because my ego is not me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And her name is Simone. Because she's very critical, and so I named her after the the one on that's one of these reality shows, Simon mm-hmm. Cowell, yeah, or whatever his last <laughs> name is. So anyway, Simone, and I sat down and I had a conversation with Simone that went something like, "You're you've been doing a really diligent job trying to protect me because I recognize that's what you're trying to do." Uh, super diligent job and in appreciation because you've had literally no days off. Mm-hmm. I would like to give you a vacation. And she said, will you be okay? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. You're not going to be gone, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine while you're away. Okay. And she disappeared for a week. That hypercritical, nagging, you're not good enough voice completely disappeared for a week. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow, this is awesome. How, how peaceful is it without this voice nagging at me the whole time? And then she came back from vacation exactly one week later. Oh, boy. I'm like, you could take at least two weeks. No, no, no. I'm too concerned about you. There's no way I could go for two weeks. Give me a second. I got to clear my throat. So she came back and I'm like, 
all right, now what do I do with her? <laughs> Because she's oh. back and she's doing all this stuff again that she was doing before she left. And, you know, it's a little upsetting and irritating after she's been gone and you've had this wonderful, peaceful moment, right? And so I sat and I thought about it. And I decided I was going to work with her the same way I would work with a really enthusiastic but untrained employee. Because her intentions are good, right? Her intentions mm -hmm. are to keep me safe and to make sure that you know, nothing terrible happens to me. Mm -hmm. And so I decided it was time to modify her job description. Mm -hmm. And I got out my pen and paper and I went, okay, what, what seems to be her guiding principles, right? And it's keep you safe at all costs, Mm -hmm. which is why when you step out to do something different, it, it gets noisy in there. Mm -hmm. And I decided that she needed a different prime directive, which was Zofia Renea's health and happiness. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can yeah. keep me physically safe. You can still give me feedback, but I have to be happy at the same time that this is going on. So you can't beat me up the way you've been beating me up. And mm -hmm. so we actually, I actually sat down, had a conversation with her the same way you would with an employee. How do you think it's going? Do you think there are any places that things could change or be different? Okay. And I heard her out before I sat down and said, And we're going to change your job description, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put you in the basement job, uh, the mail room. <laughs> no, no, you, you would never put her in the mail room. Why would you put your most enthusiastic employee in the mail room? Exactly. Why not? Yeah. Somewhere good, right? You want her someplace good where she's going to do good. She'd be a wonderful receptionist. Mm -hmm. She's also a really good coach. Once she has the new job description and she understands the things that make you unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you know how to work with it? Yes. Yes. It, yeah. And it's a process. It's not like I had one sit down and we were all good and glorious, right? right. It's like, here's the new objective. Wow, I've never taken this on before. I'm like, well, let's test drive it, right? And then we'd sit down a few days later and it'd be like, okay, I, I can see the changes that you're making, mm -hmm. uh, but there are still a few things, right? Mm -hmm. And so continuing to cycle back with her and mm -hmm. teach her to be nicer to me. Well, I think that's an important part about our spiritual part and being an empath is the fact that You know, it's not, it's a continual process of unfoldment uh, until the really the last breath we take. I mean, we're here to learn and grow. We're yeah. not here to like be under a rock and be meditating for 24,000, you know, hours a day. No, it's like, we're here to be immersed in, in what we're doing and enjoying life. And part of that is being human. Yeah. And, and part of it is also getting some space. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who are like, I just want to run away from my life. There's, you know, so many things impinging on me and whatever. But the problem is you take yourself with you. And mm -hmm. so at least three quarters of the noise goes with you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As mm -hmm. well as if you try to take yourself out of somewhere, go somewhere else, you just recreate it again. Yeah. With different people, Situation. different faces. Exactly. Yes. In the yes. same chairs. Right. Yeah. Very and you mentioned empaths, and empath mm -hmm. was one thing that turned on super strongly for me mm -hmm. when I went through my awakening. Mm 
mm-hmm. and not just there are several varieties of empath there's physical mm-hmm. and there's emotional and there's all kinds of permutations on that depending on who you talk to and mm-hmm. i seem to have all of them mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it got really really loud in my experience Mm-hmm. Suddenly, when I could feel everybody's back aches as I'm walking through the grocery store, mm-hmm. and I I really feel for empaths who've been in this soup all their life because mine was turned down quite a bit mm-hmm. for most of my life, and then it turned on. Um, but one of the tools that I learned, you asked for tools. Mm -hmm. was to learn how to tune in specifically to people and tune specific people out. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you can actually learn to do. It's Mm -hmm. easier to start with like one person. (laughs) (laughs) Not the collective. (laughs) Yeah, don't go to the gym or Walmart on Black Friday and try and do this for the first time. I started with my husband because it was just him and I in the in the condo and we shared a wall with another couple so I would wait for them to leave and then I would like turn him up and turn him down and turn him up and turn him down mm-hmm. until I got pretty good at it mm-hmm. and the other thing that that helps me with is it helps me understand what's mine because if I turn him all the way down and I still have a headache, that's my headache. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I call that discernment. What's me? What's not me? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And discernment is a neat gift to figure out. And I think that's another one of these ongoing process things. It's like, okay, I'm pretty good at discerning what's mine or not mine physically, but I'm not so good at it emotionally, for example. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of these things that the competency is not always universal. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I know too, like being an empath for those that have been awake their whole life or like you or I, you know, middle of the life or whatever. um, It's understanding that um, how do I, let me see, I almost, I think I lost my train of thought of what I was going to say here. Um, Keep going. (laughs) It'll come back. It'll It'll come come back. back. It it just flew out the... (laughs) One of the things that I have to watch myself with, um, especially in the circumstances I'm having right now around my parents' health, uh, healing is part of my mission. And not the first lifetime I'm doing this, but what we learn as healers in these older lives, there was a form of healing that we did, which was taking on the other person's thing and then clearing it out of our own system. Mm -hmm. And the first few healings I did were in that category, and it's still something I will attempt to do unconsciously. So when I'm engaging with, for example, my father as he's recovering from pneumonia, I have to be very clear about that there is a separation between me as a caregiver and him as the experiencer of this dis-ease in his body. Mm-hmm. And that I can clear that dis-ease without taking it into myself. Mm-hmm. If he's right. amenable to clearing that dis-ease. Now, my parents are quite aged. They're getting to the point where at some point their soul is going to go, no, I need to hold on to this one. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important to recognize when those moments arrive, when you're invited right. in and when you're not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and that's all... To me, that's about my own, you know, how am I going to work with someone else? But it's up to me on how I do that. 
Yeah. Because like, you know, like, like you said, the tools, I mean, we have these tools and we can understand how to discern, not discern, you know, what's me, what's not me, but, but I can also, some people just allow everything in. And then, well, and we've been told that that's service and it's actually not service yeah. to the person who's providing the service. Exactly. It's not a win-win. It's a win-lose. Exactly. Yes. And, and I know well, what I was and oftentimes, say. oftentimes it's a lose-lose. Right. Uh, now, I know a lot of people out there go, whoa, wait a second. No, oftentimes it's a lose-lose because mm-hmm. there are reasons we bring experiences into our lives. Mm-hmm. And when you go in and you clear out somebody's experience before they're done with it, mm-hmm. they lose just the same way you're losing. Exactly. Yeah, because they may need that experience. It's like saying, you know, taking away someone's crutch when they might need that crutch until they have something else put in place for themselves. To yes, walk until they built with. the muscles up in their gimpy leg or whatever it is, yes. they, they need that. If you take it too soon, they'll they'll call in something else. So instead of using a walking stick, maybe they'll have a walker the next time you see them. Yeah, exactly. And I remember what I was going to say a little bit ago. It's about um, the energies that we're in now. And so like being empathic, being open, being awake, and the energies are lifting and the energies are moving up and up and up. And so it's really figuring out how to work with those energies as they expand. And we have, I mean, everyone's opening up no matter how much people recognize that they're picking up those impressions, hunches, and insights all day long. Like some of us really recognize that and others don't. But the energy is just shifting so so quickly and so dramatically that being an empathic, like you said, it you know for those that have been empathic their whole life and some that haven't, it's it's a big it's a big nut to work to work with while we're here. Yeah, it it really is. It can be an extremely useful tool. Okay, mm-hmm. as a healer, being an empath is like, oh yeah, you know exactly what's going on and precisely where especially with like the physical empathy, but the downside, and there's always kind of a give and a take in this world of duality. The downside is you have to be cautious how you connect, how much you connect, when you connect, and that you disconnect when you're done and clear out anything that lingers. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about your conscious enlightenment process that you take people through. I do. I have a conscious enlightenment process and it's, its foundation is the soul contract you created when you came in to live this life. It's a form of Akashic record work. Uh, it's not the typical Akashic record work, which is, oh, let's go see how many lives we've lived and you know what we brought forward from that, which is great. And it has its healing places. But I start with what did we plan for this one? Because that informs everything else. And it may be be such a thing if you've gotten partway through your contract that what you need is a contract renegotiation because we're really ambitious when we lay these things out mm-hmm. you know we're kind of on a high we've we've just finished the other life we're looking at all the the wins and triumphs and it's like all right let's raise the bar and then mm-hmm. we get down here and we remember how dense this place is <laughs> And it's holy like, crap, I chose all that. <laughs> yeah, why did I dump all this on my plate? And so sometimes it's important to renegotiate mm-hmm. and to say, okay, I I will keep this. This is sufficiently challenging for me at this time, but this is too much. And so we'll mm-hmm. put that one to the side and let's start with something that's a little bit more manageable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. 
And so that's what you um, help one. It's like a one-on-one process, correct? It's a one-on-one process that I go through with people and it's, it's completely bespoke to whatever your experience is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there are different experiences you can have in this world. There are books that are amazing guides. There are group events that are fabulous and that open you up in a lot of ways. But every now and again, you'll get something that just doesn't fit in somebody else's pattern. And I'm yeah. a good place to arrive when it's not responding the way it ought to respond to. That's that's the most common thing with my clients when they show up. It's like, I've got this problem. It hasn't responded to any of the medical interventions we've done. I've done all kinds of clearing and emotional work around it. I've looked at all the different things and nothing's freaking working. That's a sign right. you need to come talk to me. <laughs> That's when they go, I'm resonating, I'm coming, Sophia. (laughs) Yes, that's me. How do I reach you? (laughs) Exactly. I I found you and you're here. And that's back to that, you know, your hero's journey, finding the alchemy that works for you and really connecting with people. So tell the listeners a little ways that they can connect with you to work with you. There are two amazing ways you can connect with me. Uh, The first offers you an opportunity to learn a little bit more about who you are and what Mm -hmm. spiritual aspects you brought forward. It's called my Superpower Quiz, and you can get that at Mm superpowerquiz.us. And it takes just a minute or two to go through and answer the questions. And it gives you a nice little report at the end. It also puts you on my email list so you can hear about, you know, what's going on and and the things that are doing. So that's kind of a nice, gentle way into my world. Uh, If you, however, are in a space where it's like, I need me some Zofia right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and sometimes we're in that place you can go to bookzofiacoffeechat.com that's b-o-o-k z-o-f-i-a coffeechat.com and that will get you a 20-minute conversation with me and we can look at what your situation is and what can be done about it beautiful and i will have those in the show notes so everyone can go there they could take their quiz if you want to have a quick chat with Sophia, you can. So I'll have all that for them in the show notes. Beautiful. That always makes it so much simpler. Without a <laughs> doubt. Like, you're scrambling for your pen and paper as like, can I rewind? Rewind right. doesn't work quite as no, well no, as No, yeah, no, it, it's like good. Nowadays. Show notes are good. <laughs> Sophia, yes. it has been such a pleasure. Thank you for taking time out today for um, sharing with my listeners and all the beautiful, sensible, mystic alchemists and teaching you're doing in the world for these beautiful souls who are showing up and needing some support. All right. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for what you're doing to get the information out in the world. Thank you. I so appreciate it. Thanks again for listening in to another episode of Enthusiastically Spiritual Podcast. And a big thanks to Zofia Morales for coming on today and sharing her wisdom and insights and ways that you can connect with her to help transform that alchemy in your life and for your journey. And until next week, just remember that life is too short to not be enthusiastic about your unique journey.
Believe it or not, when you arrived back for another life, you were enthusiastic to be here. If you've lost that enthusiastic feeling, well, there's a way to reawaken it. It's by embracing a bigger spiritual picture of your life as a soul and igniting the feeling of spiritual freedom within. So if you are ready and needing some more enthusiastic mojo for your life, follow the link in the show notes where you can access a free video series created by the Wayshowers College and start recapturing the enthusiasm you have within for your unique journey.